In the little towns and villages, every man is himself a class. Every hour carries its new challenge. When you pass the inn at the end of the village, you leave your favorite whimsy behind you, for you will meet no one who can share it. From William Butler Yeats, 1865 to 1939. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob McCall, and this is the Awanaja Almanac, dedicated to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for August 16th to 23rd, 2019, the last quarter of the Sturgeon Moon. And here is a small town report. Small towns leave little room for bombast or posturing. We know each other so well that there is no point in trying to pretend we're anything but what we are. We are not impressed with credentials or reputations gained elsewhere. We are impressed with hard work and dedication to our town and its values. There is a healthy conservatism about small-town life that honors not any political ideology, but the way things have long been done. The earliest cities appeared about 6,000 years ago. Ancient village remains on earth recently date back nearly 20,000 years, and there were surely countless villages far older that left no evidence. This means we humans have far more experience living in villages than in cities. And we've learned by heart the essentials of social survival on this finer scale. So a certain amount of conservatism is healthy when it preserves this hard-earned ancient wisdom. Nevertheless, change is going to come, but it can be changed for the better or changed for the worse. Too much change can cause people to lose the moorings of their heritage and history. But too little change can cause them to lose their heart and hope and to dwindle and die in the prison of the past. Villages generally avoid these dangers by being mostly generalists, not specialists. They may have their own favored trade, but they know many. Around here, this means seasonal work like fishing, blueberry raking, hunting, tipping, wreath making, working in the woods, and then fishing again. It means knowing a lot about a lot of things and a little about everything. The late Raymond Robertson, who when he was about 85, was only half joking when he said to me once, I used to know just about everything, but I've forgotten most of it. This sort of communal knowledge also means that the information needed for survival is not the property of a few. It's open source, and that is it is constantly being reviewed and corrected and can be added to by anyone who is respected for what they do. The source of knowledge is practical experience rather than academic study. That gives small-town knowledge an advantage, which is simply that it works. New knowledge, once it passes this test, is readily adopted. A few elders will have a wide knowledge about the town, and if they don't know, they know someone else who does. 
What we call gossip, or the grapevine, is a living body of information that grows and changes. At the post office, the job site, the hardware store, the town hall, the hairdresser, the market, wherever people gather. Fishing, building, farming, gardening, animal care, treatment of sickness and injury, cooking, preserving, pruning, who is trustworthy and who is not. Volumes of knowledge are available to the respectfully inquisitive villager. At its best, this small town knowledge is like a living thing, practical, resilient, self-correcting, growing, evolving. But unlike a living thing, it may live nearly forever. Though you probably know by now that your commentator has a raging, maybe blinding bias in favor of small towns, I'm not going to declare here that small town life will one day save civilization, because that might prove to be a fantasy. But I will say that our small towns are caretakers of a rich heirloom seed bank of viable human values that will one day be available to inoculate and heal the diseases of venality, violence, materialism, and meaninglessness that have infected the rest of the world body and are making it mortally ill. Many have found a calling to labor daily in local agriculture, small churches, schools, and town government in these nurseries of human well-being, our truest insurance into the future. When all is said and done, there can be no more fair and fitting thing than this to do with your skills, your education, your gifts, your one mortal life, and your one immortal soul. And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you from Isaiah 65. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>